WICR Golden Valley. Your exclusive Twin Cities home for the Ramsey Show. Live weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew. In Washington, flags uh, flying at half-staff this weekend at the U.S. Capitol. After a Capitol police officer was killed Friday by a man who plowed his vehicle past a barricade. Police identified the slain officer as William Billy Evans, an 18-year veteran who was a member of the department's first responders unit. Acting Metropolitan Police Chief Robert Conti says the attack did not appear to be related to terrorism. Obviously, we'll continue to investigate to see if there's some type of nexus along those lines. Acting Capitol Police Chief Yogananda Pittman says it came as her force remains on edge nearly three months after a mob stormed the Capitol. This has been an extremely difficult time for U.S. Capitol Police after the events of January 6th. That report from correspondent Bernie Bennett. America's employers unleash a burst of hiring in March, adding 916,000 jobs. It's taken as a sign that the sustained recovery from the pandemic is still ongoing. This is SRN News. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact INeedMoreHair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. Is it his time? Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. 
Welcome back. The King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Happy Easter weekend to you. I am very delighted to, uh, to spend some time with you. We've been doing job Saturday. Let me briefly run the rest of the news of the economic news of the week. We've pretty much taken the last hour to chew, uh, chew out everything that's inside the jobs report. It's a big number. It looks really good. Some of it is probably froth uh, that compensates for a for a, a mediocre February that was that was made frothy by bad weather, and I think it's also a little bit frothy because some of it is the reopening of uh, of schools. Uh, so some people are coming back to work. You might say, well, the teachers got paid all the time. Would they would they have been counted as unemployed? No, I don't think so. Although the way BLS has tried to handle those who are working, who are employed but staying home, has co- kind of complicated how they count that. But certainly, schools have more than teachers in them, more than teachers and administrators. There's a lot of service folks in there, service personnel in there as well, and those those folks um, certainly got their jobs back. Uh, I can tell you, walking around my campus. Uh, we don't have as many students on campus this year as we would in, would in a normal year. Not, so those that serve the students that live in our dorms, our dorms are are smaller because a double a, a double occupancy room where you had a roommate, you don't have a roommate. You're 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 single in that room. That's what's helping to keep you keep you safer. Uh, but that means there's fewer people in in our dining halls. That means there's fewer people at, at the at the library and so forth, and that has an impact um, on that has an impact on us. Uh, and so there are probably fewer workers there. When I go over to the student union building here at Wood Memorial Center, which is kind of the hub for anyone who's a student that drives to campus during the day. Between classes, you're more likely to be in Atwood than any other building. Aren't many people in there right now because a lot of those students are not here on campus or they're actually someplace where they're getting their work done and then they're leaving. They're not spending as much time here in this place. Um, so you you do see that in that data. The other data that's out there, uh, I mentioned the ISM report uh, that, that things are looking really, really strong there. Um, ISM shows that man, the manufacturing index was was expected to go from 60.8 to 61.5. It went all the way to 64.7. That's why we played that Tim Fury clip uh, during the previous segment from uh, from Bloomberg Radio on Thursday. Um, here, uh, supplier deliveries rose 4.6%. It's the highest in 47 years. The overall number at 64.7 is the highest number since 1983. Do the math. That's 38 years. Um Prices paid. Uh, prices paid at eight, it was about the same. All eighteen, all eighteen uh, industries, manufacturing industries, sub sub levels, are paying higher prices for inputs. All eighteen of them. Export orders moderated a little bit. And employment was up, was up to uh, fifty nine point six. That's the highest since February of twenty eighteen. The manufacturing sector did very, very well in this expansion. If I, if I look at manufacturing, just generally speaking, manufacturing is up 53,000 jobs in the jobs report on, on Saturday alone. Uh, excuse me, on March alone. 
Um, so that number, that number has done quite well. The filings for unemployment insurance are still falling. Um, down 40, uh, those receiving claims, still receiving claims, continuing claims down 46,000. They're still at 3.8 million. That's a huge number, but they're smaller than they were before. Those who are receiving that pandemic unemployment assistance, that's helping uh, the self-employed, that's helping gig workers. Um, that number is down, was down almost half a million uh, last week. And, and those, and again, those numbers are still, really beginning to fall uh, in a significant way. I think that bounce back in the number of people in the labor force will happen. That will, by the way, slow down the decrease in the unemployment rate. It will not drop to 4% to four percent this year. I wonder if it will even drop, to, drop below 5% if we'll get a 4-handle at any time this year. That might be good news rather than bad news because it might mean that we're, get, we're getting that backflow of workers who's, who left during the Great Recession, during this pandemic recession, the COVID recession of 2020. Remember, I put them in three in three camps. One of them, uh, workers who are sort of at the later stages of their careers, in their in their mid to late 50s, their early to mid 60s, who maybe we're going to retire a few years from now and look at the health situation like you know what, maybe now would be a time for me to take that retirement. They're done. There's those those parents of children who are home because of uh, rearranged uh, schooling. Uh, some of those will come back into that workforce as well. And I think, and I think this is what you'll see first, is again that leisure and hospitality. I will point out, as I did in the last hour here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440, this morning's Wall Street Journal, page one, Travel is safe after vaccines, CDC says. They have gone around and around about this, but the CDC issued yesterday, Friday, moderated its blanket stance against travel. I'm going to just read a couple graphs of this. Despite the CDC's determination that travel is a low-risk activity for people who have been vaccinated, officials still advise against it as COVID-19 cases rise in the U.S., uh, it is our responsibility at the CDC to look at the evolving evidence of what is lower risk to do when you are fully vaccinated. I would advocate against general travel overall, but she says, she says wild populations in general are not vaccinated. I don't want you to travel just yet, but when you are fully vaccinated, you personally are okay to travel. She's been getting killed by people for uh, you know, on Twitter for some of her statements. But I will see say that uh, 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 Rochelle Walensky has given some pretty interesting signals about the safety of, of, of this. Um, uh, you know, they're saying CDC's advising if you operate uh, uh, leisure uh, leisure travel in hot in on ships, make sure your people are vaccinated first. If you are running, airlines had, have advocated um, uh, to update its, at, airlines had advocated for specifically this kind of guidance. I'm, I'm going to have to go to the jump page in my paper to, to find this information. Um, the CD, okay, according to the president and CEO of the U.S. Travel Association, quote, the CDC's new travel guidance is a major step in the right direction. Okay, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Tufty. And if you're trying to drive to Hawaii, that's going to be kind of a tough go. Uh, but when it comes to the airlines, um, I, I will say this, and this is just based on casual empiricism of talking to people who travel for a living, who have traveled in this last year. Um, pretty much all of them have said to me that our local hub airline, Delta, has probably done a better job in their mind of protecting travelers on their planes than any others. I don't, I'm not necessarily plugging, plugging Delta per se, but what I, from what I've heard, and, you know, I, I have intentions to travel sometime in the near future um, uh, on family business. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing any travel for uh, work at this particular moment because the, uh, the, the university system is still not, not permitting out-of-state travel um for uh, on on business uh, except to neighboring states we can go we can we can go over a border to uh Wisconsin or Iowa or to the Dakotas but that's pretty much it um i i i would be i would feel comfortable getting i actually do feel comfortable getting onto an airplane i think i can work it out i've got i've got friends with uh risk with heightened risk who've been going back and forth to Arizona, between Mesa Arizona and uh saint cloud uh on a legion air uh and they felt pretty comfortable on it indeed i tweeted at pound kbrs take a look at the information uh take a look at the information uh i that was that uh to do a little armchair sociology and economics where where planes are traveling and where planes are not traveling this data as of march i'm looking at it, it was on the upshot posted on april 1st um and you can see that people are traveling and people are choosing airplanes the mesa airport is at 89 percent of its february 2020 average the phoenix sky harbor airport the much larger airport in phoenix is at 75 percent you can see that the smaller airports are actually doing better because people are making decisions i don't want to go through an airport with a whole lot of people but if there's a little regional airport that I can go from and get to some other place, people want to do that. And, and actually, the airlines are beginning to respond to that by relying less on their hub-and-spoke model and trying to find direct lines between smaller places that people are willing to travel to. But you still see people are not traveling to the West Coast. People are not traveling to the East Coast. There's a whole lot of travel going on in the Midwest, including on the airlines. Um, I, I tweeted that to you at pound KBRS a little bit earlier this, uh, this morning. That's interesting news. When, when you start seeing travel go to the coast again, um, that will be another part of the all clear signal. This has just been a very, that's just a super interesting little graphic that the upshot put up on Thursday. Um, I'm going to take a break right here. When we come back, I want to talk about infrastructure. When is an infrastructure bill an inf infrastructure, and when is it not? We'll be back after this. With that, you listen to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the freeradio.com app. 
Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Have you experienced anxiety, fear, shame, and embarrassment from owing back taxes? Hi, I'm John Call, owner of Tax Tiger Minnesota. If you happen to have unpaid or unfiled taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope. Tax Tiger can protect you from the IRS, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate settlements. More importantly, Tax Tiger is a company which operates based on Christian principles. If you have an IRS problem, call us at 612-888-9522 for a free consultation. You can trust Tax Tiger to provide an honest evaluation of your situation. If we can save you money, we'll explain how and answer all of your questions so you know exactly where you stand. Call Tax Tiger today at 612-888-9522. You can be closer to financial freedom than you think, and it helps to have a tiger on your side. That number again is 612-888-9522, or visit us online at TaxTiger.com. That's TaxTiger.com. Now's the time to start thinking about your spring home improvement projects. Sandow Construction can give your home curb appeal with new siding. Sandow Construction is celebrating 30 years with a special offer. No interest on your project paid in full within 18 months. Minimum $5,000 purchase. Visit SandowInc.com for details. That's S-A-N-D-A-U-Inc.com. Call 888-534-6898 for details about credit costs and terms. For new accounts, the APR for purchase is 28.99% subject to credit approval. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Now what the hell's an NFT? Apparently cryptocurrency. Everyone's making so much money. Can you please explain what's an NFT? I said what the hell's an NFT? It's like real life monopoly. That's a hilarious skit. I don't know that anyone saw it because most people, uh, most of my listeners probably don't watch Saturday Night Live. But a friend of mine, a CPA, sends me that clip and it's like, I actually think I understand it now. I, and, I, and so I played it and it's like, that actually isn't bad. Uh, and the, by the way, if you see the whole clip, I, I will I will tweet the link to you at the next break. Um, if you see the whole clip, um, Kate McKinnon is Janet Yellen. Is something that has to be done two or three or four, forty more times. Because it's not a bad impersonation of her. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good one. 
and and I just like to see see that happen. But NFT, non fungible token, uh, as part of the cryptocurrency environment, uh, and actually had uh, had somebody imitating uh, Mobius, uh, and uh, and uh, then one other person that I don't know what that what that third character was supposed to be impersonating. Um, if it isn't uh, from uh, Goodwill Hunting, um, uh, then I guess I'm I'm a little confused. But it might have been a will. It might have been an attempt to impersonate Will Hunting. But uh, uh, and I don't know if you saw it all. But I will tweet it to you at the break. And if you haven't seen this, it's worth it's worth the three minutes of your time. I will say I will say um, my family, all of my family members do not like the fact that I do not watch Saturday Night Live. It's like, well, I watched it when I was 18, 20. I'm no longer 18 to 20, and I don't find it funny anymore. So, but that was good. That was actually quite good. Uh, so, 651-289-4477. If we, if we decide to do... A Bitcoin hour. I've actually decided if we're going to do that, I'm going to need a guest to cover some of the technicals of it because I am not a Bitcoin expert. Um, I'm not a Bitcoin skeptic. Uh, uh, but when people tell me that it's just like gold, I'm like, whoa, tap the brakes on that. Tap the brakes on that, Sparky. We need to have a chat uh, because it's not. Uh, but um, and. I'm actually have, hoping to have somebody on who might challenge me on my point that that, that it's not like gold. Um, so, in a, in a very fundamental way. Uh, again, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. You can take me down that path. Also, um, I'm not doing Archegos. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, David Bonson on Thursday posted a little ten minute video and and a tra- and something like a report slash transcript. I've tweeted it to you at the top of the hour at pound KBRS. If you want to hear about Archegos, I have nothing I can add to what David did. Just spend your 10 minutes with that. And and I think, I think that's as good as I can do. Uh, I know I've got a couple listeners who would be super into that and probably have much longer podcasts to listen to. If that's what floats your boat. Great. To me, it's really not a story. Um, yep. Some business, some business was, uh, trying to, to run a, run a derivative trade, lost its shirt, uh, probably ends up busting a person who was pretty famous in the financial world. Um, I, I point out to people frequently, uh, er, behind every good entrepreneur is probably two to three bankruptcies. They don't hit them all. Nor do traders. They don't hit them all. Every once in a while, they get on a bad trade, and sometimes they get stubborn on the trade, and that's when you get – that's when, in Bonson's uh, delicate phrase, you get your face ripped off. Uh, well, that's what happened to this fellow. Enough of that. Let me, let me go back to where I really wanted to talk about today, um, the infrastructure bill. What do you think infrastructure is? I had a great comment on at Pound KBRS and Twitter. Um, or reply. I don't think the pound KBRS was included in this person's reply, but uh, a, a listener uh, who goes by the by the Twitter handle MG Colin 
uh, says, I think of infrastructure as critical elements of a competitive economy. All the things listed are on my list. And so, Colin, I'm going to assume his name is Colin. I, I'm not positive. But Colin's answer made me think I need to give it, I need to talk about this. Not, this is not directed to say it's a hideous bill, it's a terrible bill. I think the tax implications are important to think about, but you need a context in which to think about them. And so what I'd like to do is provide the context for how to think about an infrastructure bill. Infrastructure is meant, as pointed out in the Wall Street Journal on Thursday, as a way to improve productivity in an economy. When, when planes can't fly, when trucks can't get over bridges, when broadband doesn't reach kids who need to do remote learning, those are all examples of things that I think of as being infrastructure that has the potential, let me emphasize, has the potential to improve the productivity of an economy. Productivity is defined by how much, how many goods and services, or if you want to be more expansive, how much additional satisfaction of, of the citizens we can generate from a unit of an input. We usually call it labor input. It doesn't have to be labor. It could be, it could be, we could talk about the product productivity of capital too, but we typically think about it in terms of the productivity of labor. And the reason we do that is the productivity of labor in, a, in an economy is tied to wages. In a, in a classically defined perfect, perfect labor market, the amount of, income a, uh, amount of income that a worker receives is equal to their share of the marginal product of their work. If putting, putting another worker in my burger stand adds $20 of value of output to my, that I can sell to my, to my restaurant, then I'm willing to pay that worker up to $20 an hour to work for me. So when I invest in roads and bridges, I invest in, in better airports, and I invest in more broadband, if I all kinds of places where I can do that, I would say, all right, that's, that's increasing productivity. That's good. There is one catch. If you're going to pay for it through increased taxes, you have to deduct from that productivity those investments that would have been made with the money that you taxed away. The cap that the the capital that you're trying that you're extracting from the economy, from the private sector, is also built to, meant to increase productivity. True, it won't get invested in a bridge or a road unless you decide to start privatizing them, which is a whole separate discussion. I'm just going to set aside. Okay, you're not going to invest it in roads and bridges. You're going to invest it in in machines or in buildings that make you productive too. And the question is, which one is more productive? I do not believe that that 
I do not believe that the private sector can fully replace some of the investments that the public sector can make because of the impact of externalities. I think there's far fewer of those externalities than I, than I believe the modern Democratic Party believes, looking at the list they gave us. But I, I think as well that, I think as well that uh, we, we, there are some of those things that maybe we would invest in. But the point is, there's a marginal cost to every dollar of taxes you, you remove out of the private sector. Okay, so I'm going to play. Can you go back and play for me cut number nine again, please? Raising taxes, the study show, will not slow the economy at all. Asking corporate America just to pay their fair share will not slow the economy at all. It will, it will make the economy function better and will create more energy. The reason I will flunk that answer is, because, is, is the first part of it. So, I'm gonna, so, Wyatt, go back and play it one more time, and I'm going to stop you partway through. Raising taxes, the study show will not slow the economy at all. Asking corporate America. That's that part is only true if what you invest the money in produces as much growth as what you've removed from the as what would have been created by what you've taxed away. That's why I think this is this point is wrong. That's why I think this is wrong. Not because, not because I think infrastructure investment's a bad thing. Okay, um, it is that then what happens logic, the second order thinking that Tom Sowell has taught us for thirty years. Um, it is my it is my little sheet of paper that I have sitting right behind me here. I got to carry the microphone with me to just to take a look at it. It comes from Robert Gordon, who's a professor at University of Southern California. He calls it applied economics in 10 words. At what cost, compared to what, how do you know? Those are the three questions you have to ask. Public infrastructure investment compared to private investment produces what? How do you know? I'm going to get to the how do you know part right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Does your hose leak or wear out too fast? Is your pressure washer weak and not hot enough? American Pressure in Robbinsdale is your solution. Discover how our huge inventory of pressure washers, steamers, and repair parts can help your business. We are your industrial pressure washer source for service, new wash bays, and everything pressure washer. Call us today at 763-521-4442 and see what sets us apart at AmericanPressure.com. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. 
If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Welcome back to King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. So let's take a look at this infrastructure bill and see what's inside it. All right, first part, transportation. Modernize 20,000 miles of highways and roads. Repair 10,000 bridges. And by 2030, build a network of 500,000 electric vehicle chargers. Okay. I'm not. So I always rely on what uh, was done by, uh, I'm trying to remember what his first name was. I think it was Sam Goldsmith. He was the uh, the mayor of Indianapolis. And he developed something that that I still use when I analyze public policy. I call it the Yellow Pages test. If I can find in the phone book three private companies that can provide what the government's proposing to provide, I say that's wasteful. So my best example for that is when you try to when you when when you see your town indicate that they're going to pick up all the trash and you're going to pay the town and you're not going to be able to go to three private haulers who might be in the phone book that you could use to take away your trash. Okay? Sir, my iron law. I want to privatize anything where the private sector already exists and there's some competition. Three's enough, in my mind at least, to get yourself some competition. The electric vehicle incentives in the transportation section of this bill, which sounds at first, it sounds like, that sounds great. Then you hear, oh, electric vehicle incentives, $174 million. Um, 
disaster resilience, public transit. Okay, I maybe can get behind public transit and disaster resilience. Um, but there are some things in here that the electric vehicle incentives, which includes the 500,000, I believe includes the 500,000 electric vehicle chargers. The private sector can provide electric vehicle chargers. You know whose interest it's in? The people that sell you electric cars probably should be helping you set up the set up where the chargers are because they'll sell more cars that way. Okay. Uh, buildings and utilities. $213 billion on imp- to improve and build affordable housing. Really? We haven't done that before? What do you think happens when you build more affordable housing? What do you think that does to the price of housing? It tends to actually drive it higher but you can see electric grid and clean energy is 100 million 100 billion dollars in the build high-speed broadband 100 billion dollars you know what high-speed broadband i'm a, i'm actually not as opposed to that particularly on the rural side because there you might have an, a legitimate argument that nobody's willing to do that but if you want to make sure that rural america is actually being served by the internet revolution you know what? There's an argument to be made there. All right, not 100% sold on it, but I'm I'm more than 50% there with you on that. Listen to the next pieces. In the infrastructure bill, 50 billion for the National Science Foundation. Workforce development, 48 billion dollars. Semiconductor industry, 50 billion dollars. A new dislocated worker program, $40 billion. Um, research at historically black, black colleges and universities, $25 billion. Um, new rural partnership program, $5 billion out of, a, out of a bill that's over $2 trillion, $5 billion of it for a new rural partnership program. In-home care, um, the goal, this is listed again by the New York Times, broadens the traditional definition of infrastructure to include the provision of in-home care. From an economic standpoint, administration officials say it is as much about the workers providing that care as it is about the patients. The money would help those workers to earn more. Okay, so we now have a subsidy program for home health workers. You know what? That might be a very good idea. I know people in that business. They don't make a whole lot of money. I know businesses that are trying to provide that service. And I know the workers they hire. Um, I've got, as someone who's in in his 60s, I know people who are in such facilities. Friends of mine who are older. Yeah, I think all of them are older. Um... And the young people that take care of them do not make a whole lot of money, for sure. Why would you have a program that specifically helps that population versus other populations? I don't know. You could have an argument about that. Is it infrastructure? Does it increase the productivity of the economy? It does not. That's $400 billion. That's a fifth of this bill. A fifth of this bill is in is in this area to expare caregiving. 
I'm not arguing that caregiving isn't a, isn't a good thing to do. <laughs> I'm not even arguing that the public sector couldn't contribute money to it. You cannot call it something that increases productivity. My definition of infrastructure is something that increases the productivity of the economy. No one, it doesn't seem like anyone is even bothering to make, the, make, a, make an argument that this is going to increase productivity. And so I turn you again to this article. Uh, this, is, this was posted uh, Wednesday, uh, it was in the Thursday morning uh, Wall Street Journal, which unfortunately is on a table that's more than six feet away from me. I can't reach it. Um, and, and it does talk about, first of all, it measures, uh, it pays for the measures through tax increases that will dampen investment true but it still could be net positive it all you actually have to do the hard work of examining each expenditure and say will that increase productivity more than it would have been raised by the tax i'm collecting to pay for it um alan auerbach an economist at the at, at berkeley said uh, said it depends on investment anything that would make workers more productive and private businesses more productive would all seem to be helpful. I would I I've met Auerbach once. I think he's a careful guy. I think the, there should have been some, there should have been after helpful a comma said that said relative to where the tax money was taken from. And that's particularly why I think using corporate taxes to pay for this is a bad decision because raising corporate taxes will reduce private investment because it increases the after-tax cost of a unit of capital, of private capital. It will make capital more expensive. We will have less private capital investment. We'll have more public capital investment. And I'm willing, I mean, you may not be, but I'm willing, call me if you're not, 651-289-4477. I'm willing to look at the possibility that one's worth more than, that the public investment might create productivity more than the private one does. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's, that's the case. Um, they believe that, you know, and I'm also, by the way, I hear people saying, well, the taxes are over eight years, but the benefits are, are way out in the future. We have, we have discounting, discounted present value calculations that we teach in college that deal with this issue. It's not an effective argument. Uh, Karen Dinan, who, is, uh, who was an Obama administration official, she's an economist at, at Harvard, is quoted in this piece saying, we could be talking a couple of years before farms start to see the benefits. But of course, you'd want to look all the way through the life of the infrastructure to see what the payoff is over the longer run. Yep, that's true. But the taxes are going to get paid early. We have an economy that's growing very fast right now. Okay, how fa you know we how fast is it growing? I'll tell you what. I, I'm not going to be able to play both cuts. But let what's happening on the on, on well, let's go ahead and play both cuts. Think about the fact that your gasoline. Hey, Wyatt, did you happen to check the price of gas across the street? I came in a little earlier than normal today, so no, I did not. You didn't look. Okay, you did not look. Okay, 
So your gas prices are higher, 265, 275, maybe a gallon, certainly a lot higher than they were over the winter. Uh, gas price, you know, barrel of oil currently costs about 60, 65 bucks. Well, think about this as being a potential place for investment. This was Jeff Curry. He's uh, the chief energy economist for Goldman Sachs. He was on Bloomberg. Uh, he was on Bloomberg, and he had this to say, cut number three. Well, I, when you look at the rest of OPEC, 20% of them cannot reach their quota right now because of underinvestment. Mm. The fact that Saudi Arabia could cut production by 11% and watch prices rise by 40%, and we still not see a supply response in the current environment, is telling you that in the very near term, supply is nearly inelastic. And those that have the capacity, which are primarily um, core OPEC, which is the GCC countries, and Russia are sitting on all the spare capacity that really matters. Wouldn't it be nice to see some of the capacity that's that's uh, shut in by uh, by the fracking uh, fracking fields in in North Dakota and Oklahoma and in Texas come back to life? Well, if the cost of capital was lower, you might see that happen. What's going to be the consequence of that? Curry continues. Cut number four. You know, our target's $80 a barrel on a Brent basis in 3Q. Um, I think as you heard it from OPEC themselves, they expect demand to be up 3 million barrels per day over the next three months. Their supply is up a million. Um, That means that the deficit that we're already in is likely to accelerate. Uh, We do expect inventories to be normalized by sometime late three, early four Q, at which point we need to start talking about bringing on new production. We got a government passing stimulus bills that look like uh, Brewster trying to spell, spend money on the last day of the month. If you don't get that joke, uh, never mind. Um, and it's um, it's just it's at the same time we're going to raise the and so we're seeing oil prices rise. The correct response to that is to see a supply side response, but we're going to make the cost of capital higher. And invest it in some places, which I think are fine. But the four hundred, the four hundred billion dollars going to subsidize home health care providers and home health care workers is not infrastructure. It might be a good idea. It is not infrastructure. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Many people are searching for the right 401k decisions within these crazy markets. Are you looking for a local community of investors with the right skills that could help build confidence? Make better financial decisions right here in the Twin Cities because you are the best steward of your own money. Call OTA today to learn more in our free introductory investing class, either in center or virtually at 952-814-4410, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. 
The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vrack, number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at Minneapolis.SalemSurround.com. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream the Biz 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back, King Banging Show, the Biz 1440. I get the opportunity to visit, actually we already have chatted, uh, with uh, Brad Carlson tomorrow on The Closer over the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 1 to 3 on weekends, uh, Mitch Berg and Brad uh, covering us here. Uh, two stations, even that maybe not enough to cover the entirety of the Northern Alliance Radio Network here uh, here on the Biz 1440. Well, so glad to be with us. Um, I'm pretty well, I'm pretty well set to say this infrastructure bill contains a lot of things that aren't really infrastructure. I'm pretty well prepared to say this infrastructure bill has a drag because these corporate taxes are are proposed to be temporary. They're going to try to push this through on a, on as another reconciliation package, which I don't. I I don't want to say, I that they can't do that. I would only say it would be a stretch of the current rules of the Senate to pass it as reconciliation. Effectively, might be a backdoor way of killing killing the filibuster. Um, about which I have. I have uh, pretty strong feelings. Uh, but this isn't a politics show, so I'm not going to go down that road. Um, I, I believe that to be the case. There are elements of this bill that I think are fine, but, but 
when you tell me that something is infrastructure, in my head, I, I play out a story in which an economy becomes more productive as a result. My, I will give you perhaps the best example. Uh, I, will tweet it at, I will tweet it to you all after the show today. My wife's column, which actually will appear tomorrow in the St. Cloud Times here, um, she writes a monthly column for them, is about her realizing all the things that could have been on the Ever Given, the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Why did it get stuck in the Suez? Why did it get stuck in the canal? It got stuck in the canal in a small place where ships can only pass in one direction. Then it's perhaps I'm not sure if it's the narrowest, but it's nearly the narrowest piece of the Suez Canal. Why is the canal narrow? Because it is very expensive to dredge canals. It costs huge amounts of money. It costs a lot of money to get the Ever Given out of there. Canals are, canals are productivity enhancing. Indeed. Um, she writes at the beginning of this piece, and something that's, I think, fundamentally true for us here in Minnesota, right? What would have been the difference in the development of the state of Minnesota had the Erie Canal not been dredged and used to bring goods out of the harbor of New York over to the Great Lakes and then been sent all the way around through Lake Superior to make it finally to Duluth or to bring goods down through Lake Michigan to Chicago. Goods came in both directions. The development of even St. Cloud. This was a transshipment point before it was any place else. This was a place where, where if you need to get goods to trade furs from up in Manitoba, uh, to U.S. markets and from the U.S. down the Mississippi River into Europe, and, and into Europe, you had to have trails. You had to have you had to have a passageway to get there. These were all things that are infrastructure. They are enhancing to an economy. Health healthcare workers are not that. A lo- There's tons of money in R and D, and that's supposed to be devoted to R and D in this. Maybe it helps. Maybe it doesn't help. There's pieces. There's about $680 billion of the money that's supposed to go to roads and bridges, but a big chunk of that's to build to build electric vehicle charging stations, something that I believe can be done by the private sector. Okay. You want to give them, I mean, they'll probably give them a tax credit at some point. I, I don't like the tax credits either, but I like them better then I like the government actually operating electric vehicle <laughs> charging stations. Um, those are likely not to be very good. So I, I'm kind of disappointed by the bill, by and large. But my disappointment in the bill isn't just because it raises corporate taxes, although that is a negative. It's a significant negative. There are some things where I would have said it's okay to raise the corporate tax a little bit. It's interesting. The Chamber of Commerce comes out, and what do they say? They say, oh, we like all the spending. Well, of course you do, because they'll buy stuff from your members. But don't charge the tax to us. You should raise gas taxes to pay for that. But you're raising the cost of capital to the point where we can't actually tap the oil we have. 
Isn't that a problem? Yeah, I kind of think so. So uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Wyatt, let us know now. Uh, go ahead and open up your mic a second. Wyatt he has been away for a few weeks. He's been playing baseball with his college team. Um, he's going to go away again for a little bit longer. How many more weeks to the season do you guys expect to have? Yeah, conference tournament will be in the middle of May, so we're for sure going to be going for a month and a half, and if we can find a way to win that, then we'll be off to the NCAA tournament, hopefully. That sounds awesome, and where where's the tournament eventually played? Uh, it's a lot of just higher seed sites. I don't know if they'll just make it one location this year, similar to what the Division One men's basketball tournament did or not, but uh, yeah, it's kind of all up in the air at the moment, but the good news is they're planning to have it as of now. Yeah, and last thing, right? Uh, Frozen Four, you are going to root for St. Cloud State, are you not? How can I not? I, I feel like you would never let me hear the end of it if I didn't. Right. But uh, right. uh, they'll be the first team. If one of the three Minnesota teams Four. wins it, though, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. any Minnesota team that wins is fine. But with the Huskies, uh, I'll be probably watching that game out one eye here. Well, actually, it'll be on after the show next week. Looking forward, we'll talk to you next week. We have a very special guest. Amity Schlaes uh, is going to be visiting with us. We're going to talk Coolidge. We'll be talking about that. Well, happy Easter, King Banyan Show, The Biz 14. Mistakes, little mistakes, big mistakes, monumental mistakes. They all matter. When they're made in regard to your retirement, though, they can be disastrous. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. The guys are going to share with you common mistakes that retirees make that can derail your retirement. Make sure you listen so you can keep your retirement on track. To find out more, listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761-800-430-8761-800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. What does a three-ring circus, a triple scoop of butter pecan ice cream, and a three-run homer all have in common? A smile. Like the one on your face when you take advantage of Standard Heating's triple savings sale. That's three combined special offers. Standard Heating's April promotion, plus manufacturer rebates, plus utility rebates. A combined savings of up to $2,775 on a new furnace and AC combo. Visit standardheating.com. Standard Heating, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. Claire Ferreira, president and owner of Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Ever since my grandfather founded Standard over 90 years ago, word-of-mouth advertising and referrals from our customers have always been important. That's why, after serving over half a million customers, we're proud to have a 4.9-star average rating out of 5 on our online reviews. Check them out for yourself and find out more at standardheating.com. That's standardheating.com. Dad, guess what? What? 
You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. If you're wondering,